today we're going to start looking at the 12 apostles and, and getting to know them a little better. And we're going to start with Andrew and the power of an ordinary life. The scriptures that God gave me about Andrew uh, are mostly from 1, sorry, John 1, 35 to 42. And it's at the start of Jesus' public ministry and who were the first converts. And it says, again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked along and said, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and he saw them following him and asked them, what do you want? They answered him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they went with him and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two heard that what John said, and as a result followed Jesus, was Andrew. Simon Peter was his brother. He first looked for and found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which translates to the Christ. Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated into Peter. So we don't know Andrew very well. His brother Peter gets most of the attention, but we ought to know him better. We see Peter only occasionally in a lifetime, but we see Andrews every day. Andrews are shop owners, mechanics, farmers, police officers, firefighters, people like us. Every church, every school and every organisation has its leaders. But behind the scenes there are those who do much of the work and never get the credit. Andrew was an ordinary man. We are told in John 1.44 that Andrew lived in Bethsaida of Galilee, where he made a living fishing. He was mending nets when Jesus called in Mark 1, 16-18. Andrew heard of the preaching of John the Baptist, so he and John went to see him. As John pointed to Jesus saying, Behold the Lamb of God, Andrew followed him. It's a great hour for anyone in their life when they come to Christ, for salvation is the greatest discovery in, in Jesus' time. It wasn't any different. In the early church, Andrew was frequently called Protoclecatus, which means first called. Andrew was just an ordinary man, but think of what he did for his Lord. Now, he brought a member of his own family to Christ. The first time we see Andrew in the New Testament is in the words, he first looked for and found his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah. He looked for Simon. You know, I like to think of it this way, that maybe Simon was out fishing somewhere on the lake. Andrew had made the great discovery. They couldn't wait to share the good news with him. Great emotion had swept over his soul. He could not keep it to himself. Andrew cupped his hands to his mouth and called, Simon, we have found the Messiah. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Now, what a brother Peter was. He became one of the most important to the apostles a towering personality and a natural born leader. But think of this, there would have been no bold Peter at Pentecost had there been no hun hun humble Andrew in Bethsaida. You know it's often harder and takes more courage to talk to your family about Christ than it does to a complete stranger. 
in a foreign country. Think about the accusing finger and cynical laugh. You're telling me about Jesus, Peter might have said to Andrew. Remember that time you became so angry and was swearing like a sailor? Remember that Saturday you drank too much and were smashed? Remember that person you have a grudge against and you're telling me about Christ? But Peter couldn't say that because Andrew led an exemplary life. You cannot be an influence for Christ if your life is not fit. Andrew probably never preached a sermon, but I believe we can say that he lived a better sermon than most preachers will ever preach. Andrew never wrote one of the epistles, but he was a living epistle known and read of men. Andrew never performed a miracle, but his life was a miracle of God. We need more Andrews who live their faith each day and are concerned for the members of their family. You know, Andrew brought a boy to Christ. The second picture we see of him, he is down by the sea and multitudes of people have been following Christ. People simply forgot the time and as they listened to him speak, and it was now late afternoon and the people were getting hungry, but they were hanging on every word. The babies and children had started to get restless because they were tired and hungry. And the nearest place to get food was about four hours away. Jesus couldn't let them go under the circumstances because the children would suffer and others would faint by the wayside. So Jesus asked about food and it was Andrew that answered. There is a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? Now the most important one in the crowd was the boy. He had the food, but it was Andrew that bought him. Had there been no Andrew, there would have been no boy with lunch. Do we recognise the importance of leading and developing people for Christ? Especially the young. People get all excited when an old man or woman come to Christ. But often no one pays attention to the young child who does the same thing. We have to set a good example if we expect people to trust us. The boy had confidence in Andrew. Most people you can't fool. They know whether your Christianity is real or not. When people believe in a person, it's usually a pretty good test of their character. What are we doing to lead people to Christ? What are we doing to teach them? Where do you lead them on a Saturday, on a Sunday, or in our case, a Saturday? Now, Andrew was an ordinary man behind the scenes. Behind every good minister, there's a, an unknown layman or an unknown preacher or a humble Sunday school teacher. Who can estimate the power of ordinary people that are dedicated to God's service? Andrew brought members of another race to Jesus. The Bible tells us that some Greeks came to the Feast of Passover. Everywhere they heard the wonderful reports about Jesus of Nazareth, and wanted to meet him. These worshippers sought help from Peter, uh, sorry, Philip, and they said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip introduced the ordinary guy, Andrew, and together they led the Greeks to Jesus. Philip did not take them to Peter. He might have said, You idiot, you know that Jesus only came for the children of Israel. But he brought them to Andrew, and Andrew brought them to Jesus. And Jesus was stirred with joy when he saw the Greeks coming. He saw a vision of the future when all races would come to him. He saw Peter at Pentecost. He saw Paul at Antioch and Philip witnessing to a man in Ethiopia. He saw modern day preachers in Africa, evangelists in China and missionaries all over the world and said, 
and I, if and when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw people to myself, Gentiles as well as Jews. Each time we see Andrew in the New Testament, he is introducing someone to Jesus. This is why we need more Andrews. We need more people that are going to lead people to Christ and then get them into a Bible-believing church. Andrew was an ordinary man with extraordinary qualities. Andrew was great in humility. He didn't care who got the credit as long as the work was done. Can you think of any sour saints who become cynical and grumpy because someone else got the credit? They bitterly resent the fact that someone else got to lead. Playing second is often the most difficult position to play in life. Andrew was massively overshadowed by his brother, but never did he show any hint of jealousy or antagonism. This is a quality of a great person. Andrew was only concerned with service and was a selfless soul. Andrew was a great with personal friendships. He had a genius for reaching out to others. People are brought to Jesus on the vehicle of friendship. Andrew was filled with missionary zeal. He kept pointing people to Christ, the kind of evangelism, friend to friend, person to person, is the ultimate source of strength and growth for the church. You know, tradition has it that Andrew took the gospel to Russia, Greece, Asian Minor, and Turkey. He lived to an old age and died a martyr's death, but he died telling others about Christ. According to the tradition, it was in Greece, in a town of Pastras, that Andrew met his martyr's death. When Andrew came to town, Maximilia, the wife of the governor, was at a point of death. Because of Andrew's ministry to the family in this time of crisis, the governor's wife and brother became Christians. But the governor remained hostile to the Christian faith. The governor was so enraged by the conversations of his wife, sorry, the conversions of his wife and brother, that he arrested Andrew. And later Andrew was condemned to death. To prolong his agony, he was not nailed. He was only bound to the cross to die of hunger, thirst and exposure. When he faced the cross, Andrew prayed. And part of his prayer was, Hail, precious cross, thou hast been consecrated by the blood of my Lord. I have ardently loved thee. Receive me into thy arms and present me to my master, that he who redeems me on, thy, on thee may receive me by thee. An ordinary life was extraordinarily powerful when lived in the spirit of the cross. There is no reason that our ordinary lives can't be extraordinarily powerful, just like Andrew's.